Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1. Falcharash, the calls for a review into how the COVID-19 pandemic was handled have been coming thick and fast in the last few weeks and given added momentum since Professor Martin Cormican, who you may have heard on Brendan O'Connor's programme before this one, who was a member of the National Public Health Emergency Team, broke ranks and revealed he believed many of the measures implemented during the crisis were wrong. I've been speaking to Gabriel Scally, a professor of public health who carried out the review into the cervical check scandal, which was published last year. And I began by asking him why he believes a look back exercise into the handling of COVID-19 is necessary. COVID was such a major event in in history. Uh, So many deaths, so much disruption. So it's important we learn lessons from what went right, what went wrong, so we can prepare uh, better in the future. Whether it needs a full public inquiry with the amount of time that will take. And in many ways, you know, inquiries are best when they're not in public, when people can speak their mind behind closed doors. And uh, you often get closer to the truth than having it all in public. Uh, So I think it's a difficult decision to make. And what what you mentioned there in terms of the time frame of it, I mean, it's high on the National Risk Register, the danger of uh, a pandemic and and has been for some years. So the quicker uh, an inquiry could be conducted, presumably the better. Absolutely. Uh, Quickly set up and quickly conducted. And it's as much the style of the conducting uh, of it that is important. Uh, I find that during my uh, inquiry into the uh, cervical check. Uh, there was a tremendous tendency of people wanted heads to roll and they want people to blame. And whatever happens, this mustn't be used as an opportunity to try and pin, you know, to identify some people who will be scapegoats or or uh, have the blame heaped on them for something. And then once they've been blamed, oh, we can continue the same way. No, it must be firmly orientated on uh, trying to get that learning and get that progress forward. And for those people who have called for accountability, which includes a number of public representatives, would you favour a process whereby, first of all, there's a fact-finding exercise conducted to find out how COVID was handled and what could be learned? But if that turned up issues where there was evidence of uh, negligence or anything else, that that would be handled through a different process? I'm not terribly sure whether we should be going looking for negligence in the first place. I think there were things that, and I was very publicly uh, vocal about some of the things that were done wrong, but I'm I'm not at all sure that that will be to our benefit. The focus will become on that. And I I really hate these witch hunts. That's not what it's about. This is about improving public health for the future. Even when the consequences of mistakes during COVID were sometimes resulted in fatalities? Well, you can't bring people back to life, unfortunately, and and the toll has been terrible. And many people have lost friends and relatives, as indeed have I during COVID. But blaming people is not going to help us in the long term. It's, it's, It's building for the future. That's what's really important. And it is, I think, one of the least desirable characteristics of Irish public life, that there's always a search for the guilty and sometimes a punishment of the innocent. The former chief executive of the HSE, Paul Reid, warned against revisionism. Do you fear that there would be in this situation like this a tendency to perhaps apply the knowledge we have acquired over the course of the pandemic and expect people in the early stages to have known all we have learned now? 
I, I think that is a real danger. And if there is a hint of it being about trying to pin accountability on people, there will be defensive positions taken. There will be people coming out to justify what they said at a time when we knew less. We should be seeking to build on the successes and the failures. And you can build on failures. You can learn from failures and you can avoid them. And I speak as someone from Belfast, you know, and one of the big things that happened in Belfast um, that affected me was the schools in Belfast from the, in the 20s, 30s and 40s were completely rebuilt, about 60 of them, to try and help us prevent airborne disease and tuberculosis in particular. And we took prevention seriously and we're not taking prevention seriously at the moment. And I think that's where we should be headed, not looking for people on whom to pin individual blame. Is it worth looking into the processes of how decisions were arrived at? Because obviously Nethet was quite a large group, but inevitably one view prevailed at the end when it came to taking a particular course of action. I, I think there does need to be an examination of the provision of advice uh, to politicians and to ministers and how that is generated and who's involved in generating it. And getting that overall public health view and taking those decisions and advising politicians, giving politicians advice when they want it, but also when they need it. Uh, so that whole issue of giving them proper professional advice at time crisis is a really important issue and well worth uh, the country looking at because it's important, not just in, the, in the, the case of health emergencies, but any emergency. You've probably seen at this stage the comments of Professor Martin Cormigan, who was part of the now disbanded NEFET, and he had particular views on closing schools, on access to nursing homes, on the usefulness or not, uh, in his view, of mask wearing, even social distancing, on whether some of those measures were necessary for such a, a quite a prominent voice to come out with this paper at this time. What did you make of that? Uh, well, there have been so many sceptics uh, around uh, producing very unusual positions, often looking at the, the, the tiniest part of a, uh, an issue. No one wanted to see schools closed. What we wanted to see was children safe. And if we'd concentrated on that issue and concentrated on reducing the importation of the virus and the spread of the virus, if we concentrated on producing, making schools healthy and safe places so that they had pure air and had ventilation and, and HEPA filters in place. And if we concentrated on getting effective masks, uh, I mean, everyone knows that the, the, the common surgical mask, which was in many cases the only thing uh, available in the early days it is not very effective. So I, all of these are nuanced questions. And for somebody who was on Neffet to be making the argument now that they made their arguments within Neffet, weren't heard and perhaps are still of the belief that their approach would have been better and less harsh on society, uh, like Martin Cormigan, who who has pointed favourably towards Sweden as a as a favourable model of of dealing with the pandemic, that carries more weight than just a another opinion, though, doesn't it? Well, it is another opinion. <laughs> if you ask the people in in Finland or the people in Norway what they think of Sweden, and if you look at the data about the outcomes in, in Sweden, and particularly the way in which their elderly were left to die, it was, I think, catastrophic and, and is recognised so within the public health community that that was a real public health disaster, the Swedish 
uh, approach. And happily, we didn't pay much attention to it. Um, and unfortunately, some of those views had credence with Boris Johnson in the UK, and some of those skeptics had credence with Boris Johnson in the UK, and he ended up with one of the highest death tolls in the world and the worst performance in the pandemic. Finally then, just to return to the model of an inquiry, how is it best conducted? My view is that it would be better to have a commission uh, with experts in public health uh, appointed to it, experts in uh, the economy of health, uh, experts in behavioural science and social sciences and political science, that it should be widely drawn and include international experts without access to grind. Uh, and I'd also like it to have a, a north-south uh, element to it as well, because one of the things that was supposed to happen uh, during the pandemic was that a bit greater north-south harmonization and cooperation, and that never materialized. My view would be expert panel of real-world experts uh, and local experts as well, and uh, some public representatives, and I don't mean uh, necessary politicians, I mean people from the public realm who could contribute to it. What about representatives of families, uh, maybe families who lost people, people who are concerned, patient representative type, people on, on the body? I think that's so important. I mean, I know from my experience with working with Vicky Phelan and, and, and the others, the, the, the 221, that it was enormously helpful to me in trying to get to the bottom of what went on. And for public confidence, it was enormously helpful to have uh, people who were directly affected and who, ha who could make a really good contribution. And, and one of the things I learned is that people who have suffered through the loss of relatives or, or through their own illnesses, one of the things they want more than anything else, that it shouldn't happen to anyone else. So involving the people in it and the people most directly affected, uh, I think, is the right thing to do. Uh, the, the bit that's kind of missed a little bit is the fact that there already has been this external review of the, of the future of the public health system, uh, which hasn't been fully announced yet, but uh, which is really almost much more important than anything else. But I would hate to see this descending into, a, a, you know, people being pilloried and... and um, a false contest of, you know, marginal views on things, you know. It could, it could be so terrible for years to come, you know, and uh, do damage rather than help. And that was Professor of Public Health and author of the Scally Review into Cervical Check, Gabriel Scally, speaking to me earlier. Roshin Shortall, do you first, do, do you agree it's more about information than finding who is to blame for decisions? Yes, I absolutely do. I, I agree really with everything that Gabriel Scally has said there. We have to approach this obviously in an open and honest way, but the approach has to be to learn lessons from our experience. Like nobody at any point in this, you know, set out to cause damage or to... to, to I, everybody was, you know, well-intentioned, but there's no doubt that mistakes were made and we have to face up to those and we have to be prepared for, you know, the possibility of another pandemic ha happening. And that's why, you know, we need to just look at, reflect on what happened, review how decisions were ma made. And, you know, th th there certainly are issues, I did raise them at the time, I have to say, that the decision-making process was too narrowly focused. This was about, you know, looking at risk. And in fairness, in the early days of, of COVID, we were looking at horrific scenes in Italy and in other places on our television screens. And we expected the worst. 
And to a large extent, we prepared for the worst in terms of bringing in the additional facilities and so on, uh, additional beds and, and, you know, taking over beds in in the private sector. But the decision and and, and that was justified at the time. But the decision making didn't balance the risk that was there. There were serious, obviously, seriously, uh, serious uh, medical risks in terms of, of threats to people's lives. But there were other risks as well. Loneliness, isolation, the huge price that children paid in terms of not being able to attend school. Vulnerable children. The Children's Ombudsman identified this at the time. And of course, the whole question of the high level of deaths in nursing homes. I want to make one quick point. There was a very good expert panel report done on what happened in the nursing homes. There have been two progress or three progress reports on that. We would do well then to take on board those recommendations and and start implementing them seriously. Verona Murphy, what did you make of what Gabriel Scali had to say? Do, do you agree that it would be a quicker process if it wasn't about heads rolling, that we wouldn't be into a commission of inquiry with people getting lawyered up to protect their reputation so the template might be in place for next time? Well, look, who could disagree with what Gabriel Scali is saying? I mean, do we need to spend millions on an inquiry level review? We need a review so that we can mend our hand in relation to the mistakes that were made. It was an unprecedented situation. You know, Apart from the health side, we're now seeing the effects of some of those closures. We have cancer patients who are way behind, haven't been diagnosed late. We're seeing the closure, the building, uh, the construction industry closure causing a huge impact on housing. All All of those things have to be I just want to go briefly to you, Joe Bryan. What does a full public inquiry mean? Does that mean it's held in public or does it mean... And it would be extremely extensive. Can you give us a a brief summation of what it means as you understand it? I mean, I think the terms of reference are going to be very important. I'm not going to try to start laying them out now. I do think a really important principle uh, that needs to be applied is that when the various decisions are reviewed, they're they're reviewed in the full appreciation of the specific context that they were made in All right. and the huge uncertainty that that we had to deal with at the time. And a lot, a lot, very often that context is forgotten when we've come two, three years after I think it as well. I think okay, it's I'm, really I'm, important, Colin, I'm, I'm, to say I'm, that Professor Cormican should be commended for right. coming uh, forward. I, and and that's, I, I'm afraid, all we have time for today. So Sinead and Shacht and Shaw.